to end if love remains a unique show spotlighting people ideas science culture and art your host mike lovett thank you rachel yes this is mike lovett and i am your host and you are listening to the great co- uh, podcast in the sky and if love remains it was funny i was talking to my my son uh earlier and uh, he asked what the podcast was about and i said well it's about stuff i dig you know and he's like so it's like the everything bagel podcast <laughs> so, um, so i guess that's it i we have a I, we got a really special guest today i am so excited to have pastor robbie uh Colbreth on today um and, and i'm gonna let robbie kind of introduce himself he's got a fascinating story um, but, uh, but it's, it's funny, my, uh, um, uh, a good friend of mine, a, a drummer that I play with, uh, uh, Patrick uh, introduced me to, to Robbie and, and, uh, man, Pastor Robbie, it, we had a conversation earlier, just was, went fast, fantastic. And I'm, I'm just thrilled to have you on the show today. Oh man, I'm, I'm excited about being on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, you and I just hit it off, man. It was definitely a God thing. Uh, we connected on so many different places. Uh, our journey uh, somewhat similar in, in, in so many different avenues and, and terms yeah. and intersections that we've had in our lives. And and through it all, we've we've realized how to stand. We've realized how to come back from uh, potentially uh, defeating uh, for many people or even ourselves because we had to face defeat uh, and, and we had to be resilient and we had to cleave. Uh, to the unchanging hands and arms of of our, of our Lord and Savior, and and rebound and 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 continue to provide um, a hope, um, a thought of second chance for other people in the world today. And this is uh, kind of what I believe is is going to happen today. I I agree, and I, and, I've, and and yeah, I, I felt the same way as as we were talking. There result there, and, and here's the interesting thing is is I don't think. Um, we're that unique. In other words, I think you're, you're, you're a remarkable person. I think I'm a pretty good guy, but, but I don't think we're unique in the, you know, I don't think we're unique in the sense that like the, the trials and the struggles that, that we experienced and, and, and try to overcome. I, I think those, that's, that's a universal thing. And, and I think a lot it of is. people are feeling that right now. Yeah. I, I think right now, though, this world that we live in, uh, I'm talking the entire planet, almost 8 billion human beings are looking for some guidance. Uh, yeah. They're looking for someone to speak into their heart and their mind about what to do, where to go, how to handle um, these pervasive trials, tribulations, struggles that in many cases seem insurmountable. Wars in some lands, earthquakes in other lands, and all type of natural disasters and others, pandemics uh, uh, approaching the planetary level again. And then, and then people, you know, looking at their AI gods and their TikTok gods and everything else and, and monkey see monkey do and, and exposing body parts and all kind of things in order to be able to fit in, in order to be able to feel like they matter. And every yeah. human being on this planet matters. So just as a voice to the world, you matter. And you don't have to put on and you don't have to pretend and you don't have to do like other people are doing. What you do is you find that place inside of yourself and it might seem odd to other people. That's a blessing. Let it be odd, but let it be you. 
and then go out and explore that thing and get behind podcasts like this, podcasts like Savage World 1111, and make sure that you're able to unpack, uncover, and unwind from the stuff that has tethered you for so long and then get into that journey, get into that strange and that very different place that you deserve to be in and explore it all out and, and, and do all that you can do inside of it, express yourself, and then watch how amazing you start to uh, become, how amazing uh, your impact on the rest of the world ends up becoming. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. I mean, I think, I think um, there, there's so much, um, I get, I get really frustrated when I hear um, about people about you know people who who talk about like the need to reduce the population for example yeah. or or you know the need to um you know somehow somehow human beings are a scourge on the earth and yeah. it, it really bothers me because the greatest resource that we have are is, is one another each other the mm-hmm. the human spirit and and honestly like if you're a believer like it's it's that um that godly um uh image that has been placed upon us that um you know that that allows us to to do remarkable and 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 historical things and the only way we can get outside of our problems is through faith in god and and faith in ourselves that that we've been given that image and that ability to do that 100 percent. it's it's really interesting how when you start chasing after these these gods um these ai gods and others um how the demand for your soul your life is is a tremendous requirement i mean your dead life uh and you dying as a human person human being you dying and your uniqueness in order to fulfill a globalist agenda and in that globalist agenda as you alluded to just a minute ago um there is a master plan to eliminate uh people uh from the planet in order to fulfill other greed agendas in order to fulfill uh at the end of the day it is greed and and it is a, a a pretend to be, act like a God type of agenda. But I'm so grateful that that's not going to work. Um, we can right. play God all we want, but it's not going to work. Here's what's going to work when we come to the realization that we have a true Lord and Savior. And we come to the realization that we can do anything and everything. We're seeing glimpses of that anyway. We come to the realization that we have value and we have worth. We come to the reality that we are going to go through some difficulties. We are going to go through some challenges. They are going to help make us. They're not given to break us. Obstacles that are placed in our way uh, are there to help us realize, okay, here's my area of opportunity. Here's potentially an area of weakness. Here's my area of strength. Here's my area to build, resolve, and become resilient so that the thing that I'm actually supposed to be, the thing that I'm actually going to do, and the things that I'm actually going to accomplish, I'm going to be fortified going through this crucible right now to have every bit that I need to be successful when I arrive at the place that I'm supposed to arrive at. And then here's the real important caveat to that. It doesn't necessarily, we don't necessarily arrive like we do our SMART goals. We don't necessarily arrive when we say we're going to arrive. Some people arrive early. Some people arrive late. But we all arrive on time. And so we've got to have that grace model uh, in our planning process to allow ourselves to achieve, to allow ourselves to arrive, and allow ourselves to be at the right place at the right time to manifest 
um, and without beating ourselves up and putting so much constraint and restriction on ourselves that it becomes detrimental. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think it does. I, I, but I want to put some, I want to put some meat on that bones a little bit because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, sometimes we say those things and, 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 and I, and I believe them a hundred percent. Like, I think they're true because I've lived them, but mm-hmm. I, I'm curious, like from your standpoint, like what are some, um, maybe some examples from your life, um, and, and some, some ways that you were able to overcome or ways that you were able to manifest in, in such a way that, that you saw God work through you, um, and, and able to overcome some real difficulty. So like, you know, help people understand, like, like what you're talking about, isn't, you know, voodoo m- mumbo jumbo, like there, mm-hmm. there's some real truth and, and some real meat on those bones. So, so maybe share some examples from your life. Let me give you a couple of examples. So I, I got out of college, um, um, graduating from Virginia state university and uh, I, I started to excel uh, quite rapidly, had five, actually eight promotions uh, in an eight month period of time, um, fresh out of college, becoming a vice president, doing a lot of amazing things, working in, in the real estate game, uh, construction and, and residential lending at that particular time, and um, helping a company go from a savings and loan to a savings bank and and and, and just moving in in some in some amazing ways then all of a sudden i, I had a heart condition here i'm an athlete um I, I had actually received an invitation to play for the washington redskins and to play for the kansas city chiefs and uh playing football because i played football ran track in school here it is this guy that was um, for the years that I was in college, I was in an internship pro- program with the bank, First American Bank, formerly First American Bank, which is down in, in Washington, D.C. And, and I was being cross-trained in all of these uh, banking departments uh, and then being asked to come over to this bank um, to take that leadership training and development program that I was learning and bring it over to this other bank and, and do the same thing. And I get over there and, and things start happening in an amazing way. I'm fresh out of college. And then I have this heart issue that came out of nowhere. And literally I was losing my life. As I listened to the paramedics uh, rushing me to the hospital, they said, we're losing him, we're losing him. He's going, he's going. And I'm just laying back there and, I'm, and I, I feel nothing really. And, and the Lord is like, you're not going yet. Your work's not done. And I said, Lord, I feel like an, an amazing peace right now. Anyway, I spent some days in the hospital and, uh, and and I had to recuperate. And and in that, in that time, I thought that I grabbed a hold to something. And I did. I grabbed a hold to the ability to, to, to cause for things that be not to appear. So they were. And I started this amazing hustle, this amazing grind in that same vein of uh, now commercial and construction and residential lending. And it seems like everything I put my hand to turned to gold. Until I had another incident with my heart and I never had issues with my heart and it slowed me down and, and the industry collapsed at the same time. So it gave me two things to do. Go back to something that I knew all too well, which is how to work out and how to train. And it also gave me a time to reflect that I wasn't the sum total of my ability to earn my sum or the sum total of, of, of me being identified with earning. And uh, so I got into the fitness game. And when I got into the fitness game, I I started to see some amazing things start to occur. Let me just ratchet this up, uh, catapult this up, move this up fast, about 10 years. Um, Maybe, yeah, about 10 years. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm now uh, 
ordained an evangelist. I'm working in the church. I'm doing great work for the kingdom and I'm leading souls to Christ. And, and um, a few years down the line, I'm, I'm now ready to plant my first church. And, uh, and, 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 and everything is looking really rosy. And so I start planting churches around the world, planting churches in Liberia, Monrovia, Liberia, Africa, and planting churches in Costa Rica and, and planting churches through other people, through the Philippines and other parts of the world. And, and it's very exciting. And I'm planting churches in the United States of America and I'm watching lives being changed. And, and, and I had already known this was part of my calling, but I'm watching lives being changed. I'm watching God doing some amazing things through other people's lives and as well as my life. And then I, I come up to this, this time, this roadblock in my life where all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm still bivocational. I'm working in corporate America so I don't put the stress of income on my church. And, uh, and, 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 and I'm a pastor. And, uh, and, and, and so all of a sudden I get, I'm, I'm, I'm being promoted to vice president for this one company. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with my son on this Friday, Monday, I report to work in this promoted position as vice president. And I get rear-ended on this Friday by 18 wheeler truck. Wow. And that stopped everything. It literally changed my life uh, from that point forward. Um, uh, here I am on TBN as a host, local host in, in the Phoenix Metroplex. Uh, it changed my life because I can no longer broadcast because my physical body, my mental body's gone. My, my uh, it, the impact was so great that it calls for memory loss. I could be in short, medium, or long range memory loss at any time, and right. I uh, couldn't remember my family. I, I thought it was two and a half weeks. My wife said it was about two and a half months. I didn't know who wow. they were. And I was going through all of this and I was going through the repair of my physical body, being rushed to the hospital on a regular basis because my muscles and my body would lock up and contort because of the stress, the strain and the, the level of injury that I had sustained. On that day that they pulled me and brought me to the hospital, um, they found that I had a cancer in my neck and a cancer in my stomach. And I had no idea about any of these things I'm going through. And no everything way. that I'm doing now has come to a screeching halt. The church plants and all like this, this, this job position. Matter of fact, I didn't even remember about the job position until four and a half years later. And then I went to the company to apologize and explain to them what happened. And we all cried just to tell you the enormity of, enormity of what I went through. But nevertheless, wow. I just about lost everything. I could fill in more gaps. But I just want to concluded in this place. I just yeah. about lost my family. I lost ministry temporarily. I lost everything that was important. And here I am a guy that hears God speak to him. And for the first time in my life, I couldn't hear God speaking to me. And and, and I remember this and, and, and there are other memories that have since come back, but I do remember this. I said, God, if you're done with me, please take me off this planet. I don't want to be here. I want to be with you. And if you're not going to talk to me, I don't want to live. I don't want to be here. If you're not going to speak to me in my soul, if, if you're not going to communicate to me, there's no reason for me to be alive. I don't want this. I want you. And those that was the core because when when the teacher's silent, it's because of this, he knows 
that that student can handle the test that's before them. But I didn't know that at that time. I didn't know that. And I was afraid if there was ever a fear in my life. It was the fear of God not speaking to me again and trying to live in this world without hearing God in my soul, without hearing an audible type voice that I get from the Lord from time to time, without knowing that I'm in his will. It was no reason for me, for me to be on this planet. How, how, um, how long did that last that that emptiness not hearing god not hearing you know not not feeling his presence like how long did that last for you or or has it persisted that 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 time frame lasted probably about 6 months because it was in that time where my wife uh she said that I didn't know them and I know I was also asking and asking god to speak to me so I know it was minimally two and a half months, but I also know during that time that Lord sent someone, uh, a person that was hired and got transferred to a department close to my wife's. And she said to my wife, out of the blue, the Lord has sent me here, I believe, to just share with you, your husband is going through something. And um, I have a pastor and he has these CDs. And he went through a crisis. This is real life stuff here. He went through a crisis. And uh, I've got these CDs for you that I think might be good for your husband. She had no idea. This woman had no idea about what was going on in my life. She just met my wife. And then she's like getting this supernatural download to read my mail and our mail. And she, the next day, she gives my wife these CDs. And my wife accepts them. And she brings the CDs home and I start to listen to them. She puts them on and I start to listen to this pastor and he's talking about how for 18 months he couldn't hear God. And I just wept. I cried. I cried like a baby. I just kept crying. I kept crying. And I didn't know how long it had been for me, but I knew that for me, I couldn't hear him. And in, in, in all that I knew at that moment, I said, I can't live for 18 months without hearing God. I, I can't pass this test. It's not going to happen. I don't want to live for 18 months not hearing God. I, there's nothing on this planet. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love everything about helping people and leading people to the cross. I love everything about creativity and helping build uh, sustainable communities, all kind of stuff like that. I value nothing above my relationship with God and hearing him because whatever relationship I have with anybody else, Whatever capability I have to do anything, I know it comes from him. And, and, and anybody else can think whatever they want to think. That's your business. I'm talking about my business. And so right, I right. don't want to have any kind of relationship in this planet without me having uh, the voice of God and, and him speaking in my soul. So I start listening to that. And uh, within, uh, I don't know, however many months, I, I can't really chronicle the months. That part hasn't come back to be clear. Yeah. But I imagine that it was about uh, eight months to a year's time. And, and I'm starting to hear the voice of the Lord again. And he speaks into my soul and he lets me know you're not done yet. And uh, and then I start this, this entirely different journey all over again. The church is gone, um, all but a handful of people. We start ministering in the house and with that handful that's left. 
and uh, I, I get a couple of conferences that I get invited to to speak. And uh, and and it was in 2016, February 2016 is when I say I got my brain back because if I've ministered, um, my wife would have to be in front of me because I could be sharing something and I completely forget. And she would have wow. notes and I would have notes and she would point to me, point down, look down. And she was kind of like guiding me on, on where to be, what to say at an appointed time. That's how it, it, it had to be. But in February, 2016, that's when I say I got my brain back. And that's when my memory started coming back. And I started to remember things. I could hold on, I could study because I couldn't study more than about five, 10 minutes because it was just inflammation on my brain and it just hurt so much and it would radiate through my body. And so, uh, yeah, that, that, that was my journey. And, and so uh, here it was, this, this young man, uh, rising, thriving ministry in the Phoenix Metroplex and around the world, um, um, hundreds to thousands of churches uh, under my leadership. Um, having, um, being a diocesan, uh, apostle and bishop, uh, in, in metropolitan Washington, DC area, and that being stripped, being vice dean for the college of bishops in the organization and order that I belong to all those things gone, all gone. But I realized that they didn't make me, they helped me to be better. They helped me to get to a place where I'm speaking to whoever's listening today. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, did, did did having those things, you know, I I don't want to say stripped away because that, that has kind of a negative context, but to have to have all those things wiped away from you, and, and in some ways starting over, um, relatively as a clean slate, like did did that in the end? I'm not saying it was pretty or fun or anything like like that. What sounds sounds horrible what you were going through, um, but looking back on it, um. Does it feel like a cleansing? Does it feel like it was a necessary part of your journey? It was. Um, like, and, and talk it, about it, that. Like, why? Why was that? Why was that that trial? Why was that just you know because set of circumstances important? I think it was important because I think I was identifying those successes with who I am. I am a child of the King. No matter what I do or don't do, he loves me for me. He's not the kind of parent that's based on performance. And I don't care how you read the scriptures or how it's been interpreted to you. He loves us, right? But when we obey him and we accomplish those other things, go make disciples. That just adds to the, the process of obedience where he defends us. He helps us overcome. He fights our battles. He speaks to our storms. But I was becoming this person. And everybody in the church world was regarding me from the accomplishment perspective. Here's why it's important to me to to share that this way. Because as soon as all of this stuff hit and I started to come out, many of these pastors said, why did God let you go through that? You should just reject God and you should just give up and stop preaching. I said, are you kidding? (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't a God that loves us and trust us allow us to go through a test that he knows we're going to pass no matter how difficult it is? I mean, it isn't that what we do with our own children. We trust them to go to school. We trust them to go to college. We trust them with jobs and other kind of things. Isn't that what we do with our own children? Do we deny our children the opportunity to go through a struggle? And, and maybe that's the problem with American children now. 
that we give them everything. They play sports and everybody gets a trophy, yeah. but somebody wins a game and somebody loses a game. They both don't get trophies. I don't care what the philosophy is. Someone won a game and someone lost the game. The Nobody else might know, but those kids know it. <laughs> the kids know it. And then you're trying to pacify them and you right. breed it, breed inside of them a spirit of entitlement, a spirit of this is how it is and how it's supposed to be. And you do not prepare them for a world that's kind of tough. That's going to teach you how to be resilient, teach you how to overcome all things and teach you that your parents' money and your parents yelling and screaming at other people as a booster is going to get you what you want just because you yell and scream. No, there's some process and there's some places where you're going to have to go through and have a part of your character truly defined by the struggle, truly defined and that the struggle unveils and, re and, and, and reveals who you really are. I could have quit. I could have opted to, to, to say no more, God, and, and say you're not real or whatever that is. That doesn't mean to come to my mind. It could have been a whole lot of other decisions that I made, but I chose not to make those decisions. I chose yeah. that. Why wouldn't he show his great love and confidence in me? And allow for this to happen. Didn't he do it with Joe? Yeah, he, absolutely. Did, didn't he do it with Joel? And didn't he do it with Jeremiah? And didn't he do it with Elijah? Who Joe, and has the yeah. raven food. He eats raven vomit. Elijah eats raven vomit. He drinks muddy water out of a brook. And he lives on a juniper tree for a block of time because he gets he goes through a state of depression after he sees one of the greatest victories recorded in scripture where God manifests himself in such a powerful way. And, and I'm like, wow, I'm in the company with Elijah. I'm in the company with Job. I'm in the company with Jeremiah who saw no salvation in 40 years of preaching and teaching a weeping prophet. I'm like, I'm in the same company with these guys, not esteeming myself in that same league. I'm just saying in the same company, because I have a struggle that yeah. I had to go through and get through by the grace of God. And I have, and I've come to a place where I say, you got to have savage will. And that is, you got to have that intensity and that tenacity where you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up one on God, on what he can do for your life, on yourself and what you can do with the resources and everything he's already equipped you with, that you're more than able to embrace and then to go through a struggle and realize that the obstacle is the way. It's a book written about that. But realize that and then accept the challenge. Embrace the conflict. Embrace all the losses. I mean, just think about every sports uh, figure that we, we praise. Now some of them have become billionaires. Didn't they lose more times than they won? And then they perfected how to win and how to do that consistency consistently and still there were odds against them and there were odds stacked against them in terms of how people played them and how people approached them in their game but they overcame and as the scripture saying we overcame by the blood of the lamb and a word of our testimony and did not love our life even to the death what part of that life is it it's that yeah. part of the life that we're escaping from that's codependent it's that part of the life that only likes the glamour and the glitz and refuses to embrace the struggle that's necessary to get you to the next level. Well, I can go on with that, but I'll break right here. No, for sure. I, if, it was interesting. You know, I think as you're talking, man, I, I was thinking about a, um, 
a podcast. I think it was yesterday I was listening to. Um, and, and it was interesting because the, the, the lady on the podcast was talking about how she grew up poor and she grew up, um, but she grew up poor, but, but around like a bunch of like trust fund babies, like, Mm -hmm. you know, she was, she was the poor one in the, in the rich group. And it was very interesting how she described them, you Mm -hmm. know, just as these uber confident people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were just so confident um, in who they were and, mm-hmm. and, and that they, that there was nothing that could stop them. And, and obviously that goes into, you know, a whole other issue of egoism and, sure. and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But, but my point is, my point is it wasn't because of who they were mm-hmm. as, you know, what they had done that, that right. gave them that confidence right. it was because of the money and the things that their parents mm-hmm. had, that they were inherited, that gave them that confidence, that gave them that like surety that like, no matter what, I've got something back in me. Yes. And, um, and I think if, if we were to unveil our eyes and see, um, as you meant, the resources, the wealth that we each individually have inherited, even though maybe we not, we may not be able to see it physically. Um, that we have been, we have inherited, you know, a, 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 an, an eternal and and immensely um, rich Father in God yes. who yes. wants to bless us, and yes. and and what that looks like, like like I I'm not a big. Um, you know, prosperity gospel guy. Like, yeah, like I'm yeah. not, I'm not, you know, I, I don't think like if you, if you do this and do that, then, then, you know, the riches are going to fall upon you like rain. But right. I do believe that, that everything happens for a purpose That's and, right. and that um, the, the rewards that, that, that you will gain far outweigh the gold and silver you'll ever achieve. hundred percent, hundred percent in a world that we live in, especially in America, uh, that's performance based, and you're you're judged by w- the toys you have and how much money you have. Um, our greatest value and our greatest reward, our greatest inheritance, is our relationship to God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's in that relationship that we can build solid, credible relationships with other people, meaningful relationships, where people are, are not in our lives for the things or the stuff they can do for us. They're not in our lives because they gave us something, money or fame or any other thing. It's because of the richness, the value, the diversity, the beauty of who they are. And when we begin to celebrate those things and we begin to collaborate inside of that that beauty and we start to help that other person express it even greater with no intent on trying to gain from it, just wanting to see them express out, just wanting to see them be their best version of themselves. And then we start to see just how enormous, just how amazing humanity really is, how amazing a person really can be. You know what I mean? And 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 then we start to love that. We start to appreciate that. We and we start to realize silver and gold have I not, that which I have I give unto you. Receive the Holy God, Holy Spirit. Receive this relationship with God. Receive this relationship with God in Christ. Oh, <laughs> I forgot to do a great work on the inside of your life and then manifest tremendously so in ways that you've never known, um, the ways that you never thought you could before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that it's, if, if, you know, the, the, the beautiful, um, you know, uh, uh, scripture in, in the Sermon on the Mount where, where Jesus talks about, you know, 
um, how God, you know, takes care of the sparrow, you know, and how much more important we are to him than the sparrow. And yet he takes care of him. Like, why wouldn't he take care of us? And, and what that looks like, I think is perfectly individualized to, to challenge and grow us and, and, and in unique and strange ways that, you know, God moves in a mysterious way. So, so like, I, like, like sometimes when, when you hear, um, you know, frankly, when you, when you hear preachers preach and you, and, or, or, um, you hear people trying to, trying to spread good news, it can feel very, especially if you're going through stuff, it can feel very like, dude, you don't even get it, man. You, and, and, and that's why I wanted to hear your story because I think, I think it's important for people to know, like, like th these principles and these things, you know, they aren't, they aren't for when you're feeling good. They're for, they're for when they're for when you it's like you got to have something like for example it's I think it's really important that there's some sort of religious um uh thing um uh you know ceremony that or if you will that you do once a day once a week mm -hmm. pray read the scripture something mm -hmm. that 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 will keep you grounded because when when you don't hear God in your life and you're struggling mm. to hear Him and and that's you got to have something that that allows him to still get that voice through eventually. You know what I mean? I do. And so how I start my day and I share it out with so many people before I let my feet hit the, the ground, unless I have to really urgently rush to the restroom, then I'm, I'm doing it at the same time. <laughs> <to> the <restroom. laughs> I start off by praying. When I wake up, thank you, Father, for giving me another day of life. I, I bless you. I praise you. I glorify you. I magnify you. Lord, bless me with wisdom, knowledge, uh, understanding, perfect discernment, that perfect spirit that's written about in the book of Daniel, that Holy Spirit that we learned about um, in, in the New Testament. Fill me with your Holy Ghost and guidance so I can make perfect decisions. Show me what you want me to wear, what you want me to do. Tell me what you want me to say and who I need to be involved with today. Lead me and guide me and, and always. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, direct my footsteps. Let no deceit, let no filthiness, let no sin dominate my life at all. I just need you to lead and guide me. And then on that basis, I'm ready to put my feet on the ground. I don't want to put my feet on the ground prior to that. Because to me, so it's just for me, everybody has their own journey. For me, then that means I'm connecting with the world before God and above God. That's just for me. This is where I walk. And then in the process of the day, um, usually before I start work, I go and, and I have a chair that I put in my office and, and I sit down and I read the scriptures. And as the Lord has put in my heart, read all the, the J books, all the books that begin with J. You know, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Good. Because when you read all those J books, here's the mystery and the power of it all. It's like a wonderful puzzle. It all speaks about obedience and obedience, the principle of obedience. Obedience brings the reward. But in that obedience, when we obey God, he fights our, our battles. He fights our wars. He reveals to us how to get over to the other side. He teaches us not to pay attention to the storms, right? He, because he'll rise up and he'll rebuke the storms for you. He, he reveals to us the value of faith. And the value of being a spy and going to see the blessing land that he's going to give to you, not being afraid of going to spy out the land. 
because he's already given it to you. If he asked you to go take a look at the land, it's already yours. He didn't ask you to go look at the land and so that you can just see it from afar and then get upset that you can't go dispossess what's in there. He wants you to dispossess it, but he wants you to go see it, understand it, come back with a master plan, bring it back to him so he can show you exactly how he wants this thing to unfold. He wants to give you his Holy Spirit, Book of Joel. He wants to give you the Holy Spirit, pour it out so you can receive it while you sleep, so you can receive it in in the day and 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 understand it. You're not sleepwalking. You're not dreaming. You can receive it and understand how it's going to go. Then you can see how your dreams come into manifestation. How the word that you read can be made flesh and appear in your life, and how it can take a developmental time period up to thirty years. Come on, the life of Christ, and then that part of the journey could last up to three and a half years, and then a greater expanse of the journey is waiting for you. That's limitless. That impacts so many more people. Come on, the life of Christ after the ascension, the resurrection, and the ascension into glory. So when you start reading these J books. And understanding the conclusion right before the revelation that some of the answer prayers that you seek, they've already been taken care of. The adversary has been contending with you. The adversary is contending over your fleshly marks and those identification places that you still want to have and how you want to battle the enemy. But the God, God lets us know, hallelujah, when you look through those books and particularly start navigating through the J's. This battle is not yours, it's mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Even though we get that out of Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. But at the end of the day, what he's trying to show us uh, through these books that I've started to read again on instruction out of obedience, because he's given me a map. He's showing you exactly how it's going to be, where you're going to go, and how great it's planned for you. These are the plans that I have for you. Plans about enlarging your territory and, and, and giving you great stuff. And well, 2911, Jeremiah is spoken into everyday language. He's got good thoughts and ideas for every one of us. And when we start to read out and see the plan, don't get ahead. Don't, don't try to not read all the books just because you start to figure some parts of it out, but read it all so you can see the expanse of the power of obedience and planning and following the plan and letting God fight some battles for you. He wants to just defend us. And it's an action of his love, Lord Sobeyotes. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the, he's the Lord of God's army. He's, he's in charge of the armies, right? He wants to loose all these unemployed angels to come and battle for you, to come and minister for you, to come and bring wealth for you. They're unemployed and we keep getting in the way because we haven't read enough and applied enough and rested enough and trusted enough to believe all this can happen because he values us enough. Yeah. For there's more with us than there are with them. 100%. Open right. your eyes, man. Close them and open them and see the Lord's angels and armies surrounding you. And they're waiting for the Lord's command. And, and when you say, Lord, have your way. Oh, my gosh, what they won't do for you. They'll do everything you need and then some and give you a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> I got to just cast that bread, right? Cast it on yeah, the water. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes chips back. How did that here happen? Chips back, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
You know what, Pastor Robbie? I I really do. I knew this was going to be fantastic, and it, this is awesome, and, and it met and exceeded expectations, brother. Man, it was great to have you on. Hey, pleasure, will you do it man. again? Oh, oh, absolutely! It'd be my pleasure. Right on. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do it a lot. How how's that? I think I, I think hey, it'd be dude, fun. You you have only to ask, and we have only to plan it, and it's done. I count right on, done, brother. Man. Bless you, man. All right. Hey, Pastor Robbie Colbreth, thank you so much for being on the show for, man, just, you know, embarking some wisdom, some, some thoughts and some some of the words so that we can go out in our day in, in faith and strength, brother. You got it, man. Thank you so much for having me. This is a blessing. I don't take it lightly. And hey, guys, anybody that's listening right now as we close out, you got a second chance. And your second chance is just to know that you have value, you have worth. And God doesn't think negatively about you. It doesn't matter what you've learned. He loves you with an everlasting love. He doesn't judge you. The final judgment, listen, he judges the sin. The final judgment is, 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 is not until we die. At the end of the day, you're living every day. When you woke up this morning, you were given a fresh breath of life. And there's so much possibility and there's so much hope filled in that day. Embrace your possibilities. Embrace your hope. Take everything to the Lord in prayer. Ask him for a plan. He'll give it to you. Stay patient, receive it and celebrate. I mean, celebrate that you've already received it before you get it. Celebrate it once you start seeing it unfold and then celebrate it even more when it happens. Please don't take any credit for it and just keep repeating that cycle over and over and over again and teach it to other people. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. You'll love this life a whole lot more. God bless you, man. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. All right. You've been listening to And If Love Remains. First of 23 installments requested by Dr. Levitt. We're trying to be in compliance here because we're taking him and that whole organization down.